Hello, and welcome to episode five. I'm your host, Sarah Chappé. And I'm your other host, Jake Cooley. The Relatively Relatable podcast is a weekly podcast about life, trends, FAQs, and advice from two people who have no business giving it. Relatively Relatable is brought to you by Blank Slate Link. And to find out more, head out to our Facebook and Instagram page at Blank Slate LNK. So Jake, this is kind of a funny story of how we decided on this particular topic this week. Mm. <laughs> Can't wait. Yes. So I, as everybody knows already, have been training for this Ironman since July. So about three months already. And I had been struggling with this idea that maybe I felt like really inadequate or not capable or something, but I couldn't really like put my finger on what that feeling was, even though I feel like really inadequate most of the time. But <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so I was picking up my bike from one of Stefan's coworkers and he like offhandedly said, oh, so you feel like you have imposter syndrome? And I felt like the heavens had opened up and shined down on my whole like mental state and mentality. Yeah. And I was like, yes, I constantly feel like someone was going to stop me on my run or my bike and say like, hey, good for you, but I know that you're not actually a runner which like feels kind of insane because if someone yeah. did that, then they're the garbage person, but still <laughs> yeah, so I've been, like, feeling I, this way. I can't, and... I, I can't imagine anyone actually doing that, <laughs> but I feel that's why I don't ever run outside. Anymore. Well, I like literally every time I like run past somebody, I'm like waiting for them to say it to me and be like, Hey, 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 hey. we all know. We all know. We all know you're not a runner. <laughs> so I like, Kind of was just like feeling that on my own. And then I saw you put it on our topics list and I was like, oh my goodness. Yeah. Like that was so, it was in the same week too. Really? Yes. Crazy. So I just thought like, why don't you start off by telling us why you put it on the list and what the definition of imposter syndrome is? Sure. So I'll start with um, the Wikipedia definition. Perfect. And uh, verbatim, it says, imposter syndrome is a psychological pattern in which an individual doubts their accomplishments and has persistent internalized fear of being exposed as a fraud despite external evidence of their competence. And yeah. um, the reason I wanted to talk about this is because it's something that I've sort of battled for most of my adult life, basically mm -hmm. ever since I started, um, started college and studying, you know, something that's really difficult. And I've never really been um, inherently like just really smart. I've always had to work really hard to get good grades. And I've always had mm -hmm. to work really hard to learn new things. I'm a slow, like I, I'm this weird in between of like picking things up quickly and being a really slow learner. It kind of just depends on what the skill is. Yeah. But there's a lot of things where when I feel like I'm not a natural at it and I'm in a position where I have to perform at a high level, I feel like um, I don't. I feel like I don't belong there. Yeah. And somewhere along the line in my life, like I used to be, you know, like the first probably three quarters of high school, I was a really really confident, like not cocky, but I knew that I was good at things and I was yeah. confident in my ability to achieve things. But then somewhere along the line, like my senior year of high school through college, I made like a complete 180 shift of like mm -hmm. always when people would compliment me, I would always say, okay, thanks. But here's like this list of eight things that I did poorly. 
Yeah, like um, why I'm not actually what you think of right, I am. Right, and this this started to show up a lot um, like when I was playing music. People would come up to me after a show and be like, dude, you were really good. But I was never, like I didn't grow up as a drummer. Like I basically yeah. learned how to play the drum set to play in that band. So like yeah. at the very beginning, it was real like in my head compared to other, like when we would play with other bands, I'd see their drummers play and I'd be like, I'm really not good at this. Yeah. So in my head, I was just always comparing myself to other people. And so uh, I just considered myself like I didn't belong there. I thought I just had like fallen into this position. Um, so flash forward, like through through college, I started to get internships and I got one internship that was really, really poor. And I felt like that was about par for the course for <laughs> my ability. Um, but eventually you know i i felt like i didn't feel fulfilled there and i really um had my eye on my dream job and it had an internship that i you know i worked really hard and i i did a lot of things like went to the career fair and talked to recruiters and was always kind of like hounding at the same company and mm -hmm. i eventually got the internship and immediately upon like getting to the job i realized i don't know anything and um <laughs> like i same i had i had made really good grades through college and then um but you know something that no one ever told me is that your the stuff you learn in college doesn't directly translate in an obvious yeah. way yeah. like a lot you have to learn that like sets a foundation to where there's not such a steep learning curve but job specific stuff is always a steep learning curve yeah. And I think people that have always kind of grown up as high achievers or people that are really good in school, you know, that first kind of opportunity to cut their teeth in the real world, it's like it's a completely different experience and that can be really jarring. Yeah. Um so I spent basically my whole internship feeling like uh I slipped through the cracks. Um like I don't belong here. I'm not I'm not going to get an offer at the end of this internship because they're oh, going I remember those texts. They're going to see right through me and all this crap. Yeah, yeah. I was like really really I had a lot of anxiety about it. Um going through that internship and at the end of the internship I had my exit interview and my manager was like, "Yeah, you did a great job this summer. Like you really like you did everything yeah. you were supposed to and more." Yeah. And, I, and I was I, like it sounds for me to sit in like recount my mental experience like it sounds legitimately insane because yeah. to have your manager say you had these objectives and you fulfilled every objective and you actually exceeded expectations in some areas for me to then go oh i f i feel like i fooled you yeah <laughs> but that's exactly that that's literally what i thought and i was like okay well i must have got lucky again fooled yeah. him again Fooled so on. i got I, they offered me a position and then, um, you know, I went through my senior year of college, whatever, and then, uh, started full time at the same company, um, the next summer. And it's, it was still like the same thing over and over again. Um, I like, and I still feel that way a lot of the time where I just feel like I'm skating by through the cracks yeah. and I'm like consistently fooling people. Um, and so that's why I put it on here because I think, a lot of people that I know, they kind of know me as someone who's been a high performer. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm someone who's who has a lot of this sounds this is hard for me to even admit because I'm such like a self-deprecating person, but I have a lot yeah. of, a lot of skills and I'm reasonably talented at most of them. Um 
but I brought this up because that the that the way that's the way that people perceive me and really in the background I'm always saying okay but okay but yeah and yeah. um I've realized that this seems to be a really common trait among people that are really passionate about things and people that are kind of like they're high performers but still normal people you know what I mean like yeah. There's a difference between being a high performer and also being famous. Like, I don't think John Mayer has imposter syndrome. I could be wrong. But, yeah, um, I guess I don't know him personally. He might. <laughs> I, last time I talked to John, he didn't mention it. Yeah. But um, I <laughs> think Johnny boy. people that are still navigating like regular life as a high performer, especially in the, the early stages of your career, while you're still, there's still a steep learning curve and you're not mm-hmm. used to that. Or if you're, you know, starting something new um, that you've never done before. I think it's really, really easy to fall into this um, this black hole of like, even though there's obvious um, external evidence of your success, you can always be, you can always kind of write that off to luck or whatever. Yeah, it's easy to, you know, doubt yourself if you're in un- uncharted waters. I think. Yeah. Do you think like part of it could even come from because? you like built up this idea, like this was your dream job. You wanted it. You worked so hard for it. And then you're finally there. And it's just like, oh, I'm here. And like, it's almost just like, I've done all this work and now I'm here. I'm in it. And it's like, you're not like really achieving or striving for anything anymore. You're like, right. You know what I mean? Like, could some of it come from that or? Yeah, I think, I think it does come from things like that. Like anytime that you feel like you're doing something that you're really privileged to, to do, Um, Mm -hmm. I think it's easy to tell yourself you don't deserve it. You know, like if I, there are days, like I'll admit there are days that I'm at work and I don't do a whole lot. Like I have, you know, I kind of slack off on some days and I have some really busy days and I think that's, that's natural. But on the days that I'm slacking off, those are the days where I go, go home and I'm like, man, I'm just fooling them. Like (laughs) I don't deserve (laughs) to be here. Or, Or like even when I, when I play shows and stuff, you know, it's something that I love so much. And for me mm-hmm. to be like recognized for it, like it just feels, it's like this weird form of surrealness. Yeah. You know, like I, I don't feel like I should be sharing a stage with such, with honestly two guys who spend their life playing music yeah, and they're leaps and bounds more talented than I am. I don't feel like I deserve to be the <laughs> one that is, uh, is supporting them. So it's, yeah, it's weird. I think building things up in your in your mind definitely probably plays a factor in it for sure yeah so like is i don't know maybe you don't know this but like is imposter syndrome is it something that like has to be diagnosed or is it just kind of like this phenomenon that everybody experiences but maybe like doesn't talk about and experiences in their life you know what i mean because like everybody i feel like at some point in their life can feel like whether it ranges from feeling inadequate at work or, and like fearing your boss will realize that you don't like know what you're doing, which yeah. I feel like is the common like one or feeling like you physically were like dropped in the wrong life and you're trying to like prove to like, I don't know who, but right. that you're like the right person for your life. Right. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I've never been clinically diagnosed for, for yeah. having imposter syndrome. And I, I don't know that that's a necessarily a real thing. I'm not a hundred percent sure. And uh, I can't speak for everyone, but I think most people experience it to some capacity, unless yeah. you're like just super overly cocky guy. 
you know, that, <laughs> that thinks you like, there are people in this world who legitimately believe that they can do no wrong and everything that's gone wrong in their life is they blame it on someone else, you know? Yeah. That's called narcissism. And that's actually, <laughs> right. That's a different syndrome in and of itself. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I don't think you can be a narcissist and feel like an imposter. Yeah. I don't think so. Um, but I mean, I didn't, so to be clear, I didn't even know this was, um, like a formal thing until like during my internship that I was really struggling with feeling like I belonged there. I was listening to this podcast um, called the Jordan Harbinger show and that he brought it up and it was like the same, same phenomenon that you experienced where I felt like, like the, the clouds had opened in a array of light. Yeah. And it's like, Oh my gosh, that's exactly how I feel. Like it feels I, so seen right. and like validated. Right but now. <laughs> in a weird way, it almost made it worse because then I was like, well, now I know, just know to call myself an imposter <laughs> before or that. Like before it I, is in my head before I didn't know what to call myself. And now I'm calling myself yeah. an imposter, but, um, it has helped. Like, I guess really the reason I wanted to bring this up is because I do think that a lot of people feel this way. And I think people that are in the position of, um, you know, being a high achiever or being successful, even in the slightest, they don't want to admit or they don't want to recognize or put words to this or something because, you know, they don't want <laughs> their secret to get out that they're a fraud. Yeah. But yeah. I, I really wanted to talk about it because I think a lot of people need to hear that it's like a very common thing. And yeah. Um, I even just the other day, incidentally, listened to a, another podcast, one of Joe Rogan's podcasts where he talked about, like he struggled with it a lot at the beginning mm -hmm. of his, uh, comedy career because he, it was kind of a thing where he was just sort of thrown into it. Like his friends convinced him to do it just because he was the funny guy growing up or whatever. And then he got really successful and just felt like, man, these people don't. <laughs> know what good comedy is or something yeah. because they think I'm funny or whatever. Right. So I think, um, you know, a lot of, a lot of people that we look up to and admire, maybe not right now, but at some point in their life probably felt like a fraud. And I think that's an important thing to distinguish, like while we're looking up to them and while we're feeling inadequate, we can say, you know, if we can detach ourselves long enough, we can recognize that they probably went through this at a similar point in their life as well. Yeah. Yeah. Like I feel like sometimes, well, not sometimes all of the time I feel that way. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know if mine comes from being like a high achiever or a high performer because I, and maybe this is my imposter syndrome or like feeling like a fraud coming in. Like I don't feel like I'm naturally good at things. I feel like I have to learn things like I know like my husband would say like, that's not true. Like you have gifts too. And it's like, that's what you say to people who like, aren't like good at stuff, but you like, don't want to be like, yeah, you're bad. Like at life. Well, and also, I don't know if this is the same thing, but I feel like it's really hard for me to accept compliments from people that I know or that I'm close to. Yeah. Like when that, uh, I feel like everybody's similar in that way. Right. But I, I've, I mean, this is unhealthy too, but I'm just going to admit it whenever someone that I know that I know loves me and is close to me compliments me. I say, yeah, you have to say that because otherwise. Oh, I do too. <laughs> like, yeah. And it, it's a terrible thing to say and it's a terrible way to think. Like but, that's interesting because we're related. Like we're brother and sister and we both feel that way. Like <laughs> I think everyone feels that way, but um, okay. <laughs> you don't think so? I don't think to the extent that you and I do. Well, yeah. 
that's for another day. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have enough time to unpack that. No. Can. Yeah. We'd have to do a lot of work on that one. I think like sometimes mine comes from being a people pleaser. And mm. so it's like almost like I have to prove to people that like I belong in this role or like I deserve this role. It's not really like I'm high performing. Right. It's just like I want people to think like, oh, yes, she's the right person uh-huh. to like be that role. So like when I I feel like I've had it in like a bunch of main areas of my life and especially in areas of transition, which I yeah. don't know a lot about imposter syndrome, but I understand that that's when it usually comes is like in areas of transition or change. Yeah. I also hate change. If you guys remember, I talked about <laughs> crying when we sold our car in our house. So hoping that a house will remember you. It will. So like <laughs> if you're telling me it doesn't, I might come unhinged right now. Maybe if it was haunted, which some of our houses I think were. Okay. That's also di- like, I can't go there either. <laughs> yeah. But like when I first, I got married when I was 19 and that is a very young age to get married at. Right. And I'm still sometimes surprised that I was like allowed to like, <laughs> yeah, I just feel like somebody should have been like, ma'am, you're still a child. You, you realize what you're, what you're doing here, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, can you even drive? And it's like, yeah, I've been driving for three years. What are you talking about? (laughs) So that's weird to think about. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, So when I first became a wife, like, I don't know if I put like unrealistic expectations on myself or it's like just this huge transition and moment in your life. And you're stepping into this very like significant role. And I know some people listening might not agree with that, but I, that's how I feel about it. And like it was overwhelming. I cut all my hair off and I dyed it blonde oh, just because yeah. I like almost didn't know like what to do with this new like huge role I had been given. And I felt like that was kind of right around the time like Pinterest was coming out and like Instagram and everybody. I didn't like have an Instagram right away, but I had a Pinterest account. So I had all these like recipes like you know, working wives and moms mm. need to make. Yep. And like, yep. I was like, not a good cook. Like I'd never cooked before. Like I cooked in my dorm room and made like burnt popcorn yep. and like mac and cheese. <laughs> Easy you mac. Know, yeah. So you just feel like you're like having to step into this life in this role that like wasn't designed for me. Right. And I don't know if had I just been like, girl, just make your husband some mac and cheese. He will be fine. Right. Like if I would have just been told that from the beginning, like maybe it would have been an easier transition for me, but I just felt so much like, I was like, who let me do this? Yeah. People are going to find out I'm yeah. not good at this. Right. And like, they're going to like come and get me. Like, I don't know who I thought was going to come and reprimand me for like baking bad, like noodles. Yeah. <laughs> I like, I don't know what it was. And like that, I feel like that just kind of transitioned into every aspect. Like, I mean, even when I graduated college, I was like, are they sure? Like I checked my grades yeah. like eight times and yeah. like emailed my professors and even one professor emailed me back and was like, do not worry. You will graduate. You are fine. I'm like, but are you sure? Yeah, like, right. Yeah. Do you that's, have the right person. That's one that I always say too. They're like, oh, uh, I mean, I tell people that I got a degree from nebraska and mechanical engineering and they're like wow you must be really smart and i was like no it just proves that they give mechanical engineering degrees to anyone (laughs) everybody (laughs) which like that's mostly a joke because i did work really hard but there was a lot of things that like 
I don't know. I feel like there's yeah. a lot of grades that I got that I didn't necessarily deserve because I don't remember yeah. any of that stuff. So it's, yeah. I don't know, it's it's easy to write it off. Yeah. I think like another big one that came, like, I think physically those ones are hard for me. Like when I first started doing CrossFit like three years ago and then like when I started this Ironman, those are really hard for me because you see other people in those like communities and spheres of your life that are like very good at things. Right. Like especially CrossFit where you have like prescribed and scaled down versions and you walk in and you're like, okay, I can't right. <laughs> do this. And like right. they all have like their cool outfits on and like I'm wearing like my high school tennis shirt <laughs> and like some ripped shorts yeah. and you just like feel so out of place. And right. it's not necessarily anybody there's fault in like or it's like not even necessarily my fault. It's like you're just stepping into a world that you're not used to and you're uncomfortable in. Yeah. And I was like not necessarily like athletic in high school. So I'm like stepping into this world of just like jacked people. Yeah. In a world where like it was okay for women to like lift. And I'm just like, I cannot even do a push up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> where am I? Right. They're going to ask me to leave. <laughs> right. Well, that's, that's like the weird thing about CrossFit is it's designed so that anyone can do it. Like it's very yes. scalable, but I also feel like there's this weird, like you feel weird scaling your workouts, but cause it's like the same kind like, wow. In every class, there are there's a range of people, but yes. depending on what kind of gym you go to, there could be a an disproportionately weighted yeah. amount of really really advanced yeah. people per class. So it's yeah. easy for you to just look around and be like, "Yeah, I'm, where am I? I'm not. This isn't me." You know? Yeah, like there's like definitely like competitive gyms or even like competitive times. Like I remember the class we went or the gym we went to. Not that it was like said, but there was definitely like a competitive like time like right. when the more competitive people went so that right. you could like which was fine because then they could like go up against each other and you're like definitely measuring against people more your skill level right but it was it was like wild for a while and then when the imposter syndrome really kicked in for me like on the other spectrum like my imposter syndrome was like oh i'm a crossfitter and they're gonna be like girl no <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the other side is i think i went to like one of the early i usually went like at 5 or 6 p.m and i think i went at 4 p.m and there was a couple of girls who had just started and they came up to me after class and they were like, oh my gosh, like we were watching you work out because you are so good. Like, yep. how long have you been doing this? And I was like, looking behind, I literally was like, where is, like, I thought they were talking about somebody else. And I'm <laughs> like, the oh, jacked girl that I'm eclipsing yeah, right I like, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, she's not, who are they talking to? And they're right. like, could you like teach us how to do these like snatches? And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> are you going to teach me, me? first? I know. I was like, I, is this a joke? Like, did yeah. somebody put you up to this? And like, it was just like wild for like, to somebody actually think that of me, even though yeah. I was like always comparing myself to somebody else. Like, I don't know. It was just like such an odd moment for me. Right. That one, that one gets me a lot too. Like in terms of fitness, um, like I don't necessarily feel like an imposter while I'm working out, like, cause yeah. I've just done it for so long and I feel like, um, I don't know. I more or less know what I'm doing, especially compared to some of the plebs at my gym that just rolling <laughs> off the street. <laughs> I'm not contributing. I'm not like helping the problem by saying things like <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah, at me. <laughs> um, but I do like when I'm at work and people will come into my office for the reason of asking me for advice on what they should do for a workout yeah, or for like what they should do with their nutrition, what they should meal prep. I'm like, it, it 
it's weird for me because I <laughs> like I figured it all out for myself, you know, yeah. and like I'm still very much learning things. Like my physique and my lifts and everything are so far from where I want them to be. Um that to me I'm like, why would anyone ask me for help? Because like yeah. I'm like I'm just Googling things. Sometimes I Google them as they're as they're talking to me. I'm like, oh let me let me just put punch this in real quick on my monitor that you can't see. But yeah, it's I don't know. I think things that I've taught myself and that I've basically just learned off of Google, it's hard for me to recognize that I actually like comprehend any of that information because yeah, I feel like it's so easy for someone else to just go do the same thing. I don't see why they're asking me because, but to, it's not obvious to everyone just to like look things up or sometimes they don't know the right words, you know, to yeah. research well, or whatever. And but. I do know that that's like a way that... So Steph and my husband is also an engineer. So like, feel sorry for me. I'm in a world of engineers and yeah. Um, and so he, that is something. So like, okay, this is like kind of a random. But when I was in college, I had to take an online math class, and I hate math. I'm like not doing math. Like, yeah. I just it's not me. So he took it for me, like low key, mm-hmm. <laughs> and. He would like sit and like teach himself how to do like it was like math that he hadn't done in a long time. So he would like relearn it. Right. And like I just want somebody to tell me how to do it. Like I need somebody to sit down and like tell me why it, it, it's working this way. And he likes to figure it out himself. So me, right. I would go to someone and be like, hey, I need to lose like X amount of fat, gain X amount of weight. How does that happen? Tell me how it works. Yeah. Tell me all the science behind it. Whereas like you would sit down and be like, this is what I need. I want to absorb as much information as possible and figure it out myself. And that's like overwhelming to me. Well, I'm like, I'm in this weird camp of I, I don't trust anyone. I don't trust (laughs) people that teach me things (laughs) because I'm like, I'm hyper aware of the Dunning-Kruger effect, which is another topic that I've said I want to talk about. But basically (laughs) it's just that like, a lot of people, when they first start to learn things, they are very confident in like them being an expert about it. Yes. And I think the internet is full of these people. And oh, so, for sure. Especially as it relates to fitness, but like even sometimes like in college. So like in college, when I was studying with a group of my peers and one of the kids was trying to explain something to me, I basically never listened to them because <laughs> in engineering school, and I don't know about other majors, but in engineering school... Kids are so stressed out about like getting good grades that they will legitimately convince themselves of logic that doesn't exist to as it applies to one problem. So like yeah. you can you can basically like make up the logic that will in a roundabout way get you to the right answer. If you're looking at yeah. if you have the answer in front of you, you can be like yeah. make up, you know, fill in the steps. So I've had enough times in my life where I've been burned by people like making up logic that just got them to where they were going that like, I don't trust anyone. So um, that puts me in a position where I feel like I have to really absorb and understand the information for myself versus have it just like spoon fed to me Yeah, because I'll like, I'll never believe that it's true if just one person tells me it or, uh, you know, if it's not corroborated by multiple different sources or something. But, Which has nothing to do with what we're talking about, but it is very interesting. No, yeah, it, it kind of is. <laughs> but that's okay. I mean, I it, I mean, it kind of talks about because like people come to you for things, and you're like, "Why are you coming to me?" And it's like, Jake, you spent like 15 hours researching this for yourself. <laughs> yeah, like, could you just like right. word dump it back to me? So yeah, 
Um, back to like our topic, do you think that like imposter syndrome or like feeling like a fraud is something that is like exasperated by social media or do you think no? I don't know if it's exasperated, but I think it's exacerbated. That's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Point for me. <laughs> yeah, I think it is because... I mean, like we were talking about before, especially in cases of like you walk into a gym and everybody there is jacked and you're just now there, like there for the first time. Mm -hmm. um, that's a real life example of sort of the same thing where you are in social media, like on Instagram, for example, you can scroll through your feed and be like just blasted with examples of why you're, you suck at something. Yeah. You know? Like it's just it's just full of really talented or really like good looking or really in shape really smart whatever people yeah and um like whatever like area of instagram yeah, you're like, looking at like really are like talented graphic fill design the, fill in the blank of whatever you yeah. want there's no such thing like no one is posting their like sucky videos to yeah. instagram and even like like I follow a ton of like fitness people and even their like sucky videos I'm like okay right like if only I could lift that for it to be a fail. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I think it's absolutely exacerbated or made much worse by <laughs> being on social media. Um, I In that same podcast that I referenced earlier, the Jordan Harbinger show, one of the things that a quote that he said that really stuck with me and it's super cheesy. Like I really kind of hate admitting that I remind myself <laughs> of this all the time, but it goes, um, we're always comparing our blooper reels to other people's highlight reels. So which, true, Which, I mean, means that the things that people show on the internet is basically their best attempt at something. Right? Yeah. And they're usually really talented at it. And we're comparing those attempts to, like, when we're in the woodshed working on something. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. if I'm if I'm on in the practice room, like, working out a piece of music and then I get on Instagram and see this 13 year old kid just ripping <laughs> drums and I'm like I've been alive almost twice as long as you have <laughs> this is garbage like I don't know it's just you can't it's just not a not a natural comparison to draw but it's so easy yeah. for us that it like can really really deteriorate your brain and I'm like yeah I'm addicted to the Instagram machine so oh, like me too. I'm, I'm a slave to this which Oh, I say yeah. kind of like in a joking way, but it, it like inject it into my veins, please. It's an Instagram of dopamine into your brain. <laughs> yeah. But um, like, I, I think it's it's kind of a weighty topic that, you know, I, I don't think people were meant to have that much information just like or that many sources of comparison blasted at them all the time. Constantly all day long. Like people in even just the the one generation before us but like especially our parents like i don't think i don't think they really went through this you know i don't i don't yeah. know if it was as prevalent of a thing you know 20 30 40 years ago when you basically the only comparison you had was to yourself or you know to the other like people in your town right. or like tv shows and those seemed so unattainable that it was like oh well they're movie stars you know yeah. Like I, I look better than most people. Or you in this could like turn whatever. off the TV or like not buy the magazines. Right. Yeah. Like there was like things to like get away from it. Right. And you can do that now, but then you're one of those axe murderer people that doesn't have Instagram. <laughs> you're like disconnected <laughs> from like 
a very real society now. Like yeah. society is lived on the internet almost. And yeah, even like me, I was a senior when I finally got Twitter Mm. And I was, I think like a sophomore in high school when I got Facebook. And then I was, I don't know, my sophomore year of college when I got Instagram, which is not for me, oh, geez, that's like almost 10 years yeah. ago that I got Facebook, which is crazy because yeah. there's kids that are like growing up, not even having Facebook now, like it's right. outdated for them. Right. And I think about like, I, I mean, I had like MySpace and like, if anyone remembers Bebo, that was like, <laughs> yeah. that was like the like off-brand Facebook, That's, but that was like no, Facebook No, it was like the Facebook. off-brand MySpace. But it was like, I liked it so much better than MySpace. Oh yeah, for sure. But that's like, there was like bullying and like, this is kind of like a whole different topic now, but the, you, I mean, it was just not as prevalent. It was like on your computer. Like it wasn't like on your phone. It was just like always connected to you. But then even stories like I was with my cousins a couple months ago and they're like, we can't even have Instagram. We can't even post because the bullying is, is so bad. Just like the constantness of like, yeah, I don't know, being connected and comparing and yeah. like being in each other's like literal lives, even though it's like not even your life. It's just whatever you choose to post. Right. And I don't know. It's so weird. It's such a weird concept for me i almost can't even comprehend it and yeah i mean i i think back like i just think about trying to explain it to someone back in the day you know like if you could travel back in time and tell someone this is the kind of stuff that we like lose sleep over like someone yeah. someone wrote some nasty thing on my instagram post they're gonna be like what is that they're just gonna look at you like you're an idiot which i don't know yeah I, like and i'm like, not, I'm not trying like... to diminish yeah, You know, because I think it can cause problems and I think you can, I mean, this imposter syndrome thing is a perfect example of a way that you can develop some sort of deficiency because of being connected all the time. It's a very real thing, but yeah, I think sometimes it is helpful to just step back and, and like recognize how ridiculous it actually all is in a way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So do you think that like imposter syndrome is different from feeling just like a fraud and feeling different and it like it being different than feeling just like inadequate because like I know a lot of like we are a generation entering the workforce now entering our careers like we're all graduating college or masters or you know yeah. PhDs whatever or maybe you're in your PhD like I can't imagine how inadequate I would feel if I was getting my doctorate <laughs> I would be like somebody right. please like right. cut the simulation I am done <laughs> yeah but like do you think that is different than imposter syndrome or do you think it's kind of like all intertwined um i mean I, don't know. I think they're all similar i mean if you want to be technical i think the specific the specificity of imposter syndrome is that like you are very clearly doing well but mm -hmm. you don't personally think you are like you have mm -hmm. you have obvious fruits of your labor but for some mm -hmm. reason you're convincing yourself that you're not doing anything meaningful or contributing or even like even doing those things yeah whereas i think um just feeling inadequate usually comes in the way of like in times of failure or um, shortcomings like you know if you didn't succeed at something it's easy to feel inadequate even like say i don't know I'm trying to think of it say you're like playing a football game your team won and you played a good game, but like you missed the game winning tackle or whatever. Yeah. Or you dropped the game winning pass. Like you can completely 
forget about all the good things you did and feel inadequate because like the time it mattered, you didn't follow through. Right. Um, whereas imposter syndrome might be you played a stellar game and someone said, dude, you did really, really good. You like did everything you could. And you say, well, here's all these things. I don't know. It it yeah. It is a gray area. I don't know. I don't know that it really matters yeah. either. But yeah, I was just curious, like, especially because like now entering this world of Ironman training, that is a very real thing that I feel when I'm running or biking that I feel like everybody knows that this is like not what I normally do. Like, I feel right. like everyone in the community of like Ironman or like biking and um, or cycling and running and like even swimming a little bit, except swimming they're a little bit nicer because it's these old women <laughs> they're nicer than the strangers that are pulling over pulling over on the side of the street telling you you're not a runner right <laughs> <laughs> like just as long as i'm faster than the old lady swimming like i don't think they're gonna like guess <laughs> if i'm not a I swimmer i don't think she's a swimmer I, yeah except when i like inhale a bunch of water and choke <laughs> it's like so i'm like did anybody see that like they i stopped coming out my own yeah but like I, that's like a very real thing that like I actively have to tell myself that like they know they don't know that this isn't what something I normally do. Right. Which is so weird. And like I don't want to like talk bad about like the running community or the cycling community because so far I've only experienced good and welcoming people in that community. Right. But similar to CrossFit, there are people that are like this is our thing. Like don't infringe on it. Like don't be fake. Are there people like, in CrossFit that do that? Is that a joke? I mean, I've never experienced that personally. Oh, I mean, I have, but like, I'm not trying to name names or <laughs> okay. anything. Well, I mean, I'm that's, not trying to like, that's good <laughs> enough reason for me. I've, I'm just saying like, I've never, that's a thing that I convince myself that people are thinking, but I've never oh. actually had someone tell me I mean, me that. I've just like experienced people that are like, they know they're good and they're going to assert that like dominance to like, make sure you know they're good. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm not trying to compete with anybody. And then like, they're trying to compete with me or like prove that they're good. And I'm just like, how do you okay, know though? You just... How do you know they're doing What that? do you mean? How do you know they're trying to prove it to you? Maybe they're just trying I to, I mean, I just like know these people uh, like on a personal level. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'm like trying to air out some tea right now without like naming names. Okay. <laughs> You're making sure. it difficult. Well, I mean, I, you know, I'm just playing, I'm trying to be controversial. I'm just playing devil's advocate because um, I, I, I convince myself of that sometimes too. I'm like in the gym and I'm deadlifting. And then some other guys deadlifting twice as much as me. And I'm like, oh, he just had to come deadlift while I was deadlifting. But in reality, no, no. we just had deadlift on the same day. And that's what he does. No, you know it's I mean? like very much like, you know, they like are puffing their chest out and kind of like, I don't know. It's very much like an air about them that you can tell. Yeah. I'm not like trying to at anybody right now, okay, Jake. Like, I, I feel mean, like no, you're trying I mean, to push me wanted, into this corner. I just wanted to make sure, it, you know, I was trying to... uh Make sure that this just wasn't your imposter syndrome or whatever. It's speaking. not my imposter syndrome. It's my, what's it called? Little dogs. And they have little dog syndrome. They're all bark, but no bite. <laughs> okay. That's like a real thing too. Uh -huh. But I don't remember where I was going with this, but. Uh, you were saying about how the running and oh, cycling Oh, yeah. The community. running and cycling community can be a little like standoffish that way. And that might also just be because it's very individualistic and you know, like you bike, I mean, you bike in like, you can bike in a group, but it's very individualized, like yeah. thing yeah. similar to CrossFit. Right. It's very individualized. It's not a team sport. Um, I mean, everyone like on the trails and everything, I've been super nice to me, but I'm just waiting for that one person to like 
say something while I'm like loading my bike in my car and being like, hey, actually, you know, like the hey, actually guy. Actually. It's like they're not being nice. They're being like, they're not being helpful. Yeah. yeah they're like, mm. like I, I used to have people do that to me in the gym because I, I think it's because I was a female and some people don't think that way. But just the way it was worded. I don't know how this happened, where I'm going. I'm in the dark place now. I can't see anything. <laughs> I don't know where you're going either. <laughs> a, it's dark. Somebody help me out. You've had you've had uh, people come up to you in the gym and like say things to you? Oh, for sure. Like that what? happens all the time. Give me an example. I don't believe you. <sighs> I mean, out, I outside I'm, of people coming up and like trying to strike up conversation. Like you've, no, you've had no people one ever tries up, to talk to me at the gym. I look come like up I'm and homeless. Tell you that you don't belong there or something. No, they're never like, ma'am, where are you? Do you know where you're at? <laughs> and I'm like, isn't this the Wendy's? Right. And they're like, no, okay. <laughs> no, this is like, like, for example, I was lifting at this gym and it was not, it's just like a, it's just like a gym. Like it's yeah, not like a Y right. it's like a yeah free weights gym or whatever. Right. And there was a personal trainer there, which if you've listened to our episode about do's and don'ts of the gym, you know how me and Jake feel about personal trainers. Some of them. Yeah. <laughs> Some of them. And this guy came, had come up to me and asked what I was doing. And I told him I was doing hang squat cleans which is a movement if you're a crossfitter, you're pretty familiar with. Um, and sorry, I was trying to, I was trying to remember what that is. I thought you were rolling your eyes and I was like, Oh, is this going <laughs> to no, happen right now? No, okay. I, I remember this story now as it was. Not, yes. not you okay. Yeah. I was like, I texted you about it. Yeah. And, um, he was like, that's not a thing. And I was like, what? And like that, that instantly instilled like, oh, I'm a fraud because like I was just doing what I had learned in another right. class at another gym. Right. What other professional athletes I had seen like in the CrossFit world, that is a very standard movement, sure. like a hang squat clean. It's a very normal movement to do. And I was, I think I was doing like a complex. So it was like a hang squat clean and then a full squat clean. Uh -huh. So, and he's like, um, no, that's not a thing. And I was like, yes, it is. And he's like, well, how much weight are you doing? And I was like, okay, first off, why are you asking me that <laughs> when you don't irrelevant. think I'm doing anything that's real? Right. Also, a hang squat clean is a thing that a lot of lift, like Olympic lifters do to build that pulling strength. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. I'm not trying to prove what I know. <laughs> it's like a, it's like a weak point technique, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, that was an instance where he came up and was trying to tell me that what I was doing was incorrect. And I told him, I was like, nope, this is like programmed. I'm following a program. Like, I felt like I had to very much convince him that I was like in the right. Right. And then the rest of the time he was like, mm, like standing off to the side. And he's like, mm -hmm, yeah. mm. and he'd like make these noises. And I'm just like, bro, you're supposed to be training mm -hmm. someone. Mm -hmm. Like, Yeah. Right. And I wasn't doing way outside of my limit. I was moving very well. There was a mirror there. So I was like very aware of my body movement. And it was just so, it was so odd. Like I had never been questioned like that by someone in a gym before. And then like he continually like made comments about like one time me and Ashley were doing abs uh -huh. and he's like, um, do you ever, or he's like, um, don't ever do that again. I'll show you how to get abs without ever having to do sit-ups again. And Ashley's like, what? Okay. And he like, continue. and so then he like showed us these movements. He's like, mm, if you want any like other tips, like I'm a trainer here, like I can like help and, uh, blah, 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 market his services. Well, and then I canceled my gym membership because I was like, <laughs> this guy is a loser. Yeah. That's sketch. 
Uh, yeah, that was another man. I'm in the dark place. Yeah, I'm just tonight. letting you go because it seems like you need vent, to work through some things. Vent sesh. Yeah, right here. Okay, back, back to this Rain imposter in. syndrome. Yeah. Where are we going? Okay. Um. So do you know? Do you think that it's something that can be avoided or like? I don't know, like if I stay in an area of my life that I know I'm an expert in, then I'm never going to be challenged Yeah. to like feel like I'm a fraud or that I'll be found out. That's like for me, but like for you, it seems like if you're in these areas that like you could be deemed like an expert, like you were hired to do this job, you've been in it for a while, you've been drumming for a while, you still feel like, yikes, they're going to find me out. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, right. I feel like ours are very different and different, like differently fed by different insecurities but right yeah i mean i've started to get better about it um i mean i've basically been trying really hard i can't remember if we talked about this or not but um trying really hard to just practice like controlling my my thoughts like just trying to mm -hmm. like somewhat detach myself from my knee-jerk reaction to things um mm -hmm. internally um, so like when I start to feel as though, you know, I've slipped through the, the cracks or whatever, I sort of have to make a conscious effort to remind myself that there is like, especially, you know, in my actual career, there is a lot of points where they could have filtered me out. Like this was, this was, <laughs> is that real or is this your syndrome talking? No, I'm, I'm just saying like the probability of me having fooled all those people, Oh right. you know, yeah. they would all also have to be frauds for me to have fooled them yeah you know what i mean this this was actually going to be my closing remark but i think it fits in here now um i think it can be avoided by just like admitting to yourself that who do you think you are that you're clever enough to fool all these people in your life all the right. time like right. that for you to actually say that is very very self-centered of you like that's a very narcissistic thing to think i feel like to think that to you're think that you're so clever to have fooled everyone. Oh. Or you're just surrounded by idiots that like let you in. <laughs> <laughs> like if you I guess I'm trying to say like and this isn't an awful idea. I heard this on a podcast too, but it it sort of flipped me around as well. Like um if you recognize that there are people in the world that are better than you at things, but you've mm -hmm. still somehow slipped through the crack of cracks of their machine then you're mm -hmm. actually saying these people are dumb enough to have let an idiot through. <laughs> but these are the people, yeah. these are actually the people that you look up to. Like, I don't know. It, like when you think about it in that way, it doesn't really make sense the way I'm explaining it, but that's because the whole idea of imposter syndrome is kind of ridiculous. Like yeah. you sort of have to boil it down to what it is. And I, it, you know, it's easier said than done. And it might work better for me than for other people because I'm very cerebral about things like that. Like yeah, if, you're super analytical. If I just break things down into smaller problems, I can uh, reason through them a little bit better. But um, there's no way, there's absolutely no way, especially if you've gone through like a multi-phase hiring process like I did. Right. Um, that you've actually fooled people into letting you into a large corporation job or whatever. Like, Unless you're like a con artist. Unless you're a con, art con artist, but I doubt you have imposter syndrome about being a con artist. <laughs> that's true. And that's like your literal you're job. You're like literally then trying to, like... to be a fraud at that point. So you're really yeah. good at it. So I, <laughs> that would be a funny bit. 
<laughs> yeah. an imposter who has imposter, I have imposter syndrome. syndrome, but like, anyway. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, I mean, I think it can be avoided by um, just like giving yourself some credit every now and again and trying to understand that, you know, people in the case of getting hired for a job, which is one of the biggest places where I've experienced this, like um, people don't necessarily necessarily hire you because of what you currently know you're usually being hired for the potential that they see in you and you're like yeah people hiring um so i i did some recruiting for my company here not too long ago and it was weird to be on the other end of this yeah but when you're in the position of like filtering out candidates and talking to candidates and you know hiring people um people that have done that a few times get really good at seeing how previous experiences can translate into potential moving forward yeah Um, they're not necessarily going to draw like everything that you've done leading up to that point is not always going to be 100 translatable and that's i mean Mm -hmm. that's the thing that people need to grasp is like they're taking your your previous experiences and things that you've done and extrapolating that to what they think you could do so for you to say that you know i'm a fraud i'm not i don't know what i'm doing you're not really supposed to know what you're doing but by yeah. letting your mental bandwidth go to that place, you're limiting yourself and being able to figure it out. You know, yeah. so you have to like um, try really hard just to like regain control of your mind when you're oh, going off sure. the rails. But yeah, that, that is so much more easier said than said than done. Like I don't, yes. me, I don't mean to trivialize that because you, as well as anyone else who's like significantly close to me, knows that like when I'm when I go to when I actually go to the dark place. Like I'm there for days, just like we all go to the dark place. Yeah, I I take everyone down with me. I'm like a black hole. Like once I see the text come in, it's like you know the text, and it's just I let my phone sit there because (laughs) Jake is a multiple page texter too. Yeah, so I just kind of like I have to like let it go until like there's like at least a five minute break. Yeah, and then I can like enter into the conversation. Yeah, I'm a stream of consciousness texter. So like multiple bubbles. I. I have a lot of times where people will be like, man, that's a lot of blue. They're like looking over yes. my shoulder while I'm texting. and like, they're like, what are you writing a novel? I'm like, like yes. my, my shirt didn't fit. It's fine. Just leave me alone. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, that's so true. But like that, see, like that's very different than like mine because mine isn't, well, I guess it kind of could be because I am now in the world of like starting my own business. And that in itself is like when people talk to me, I'm like, I don't want to talk about it because then they're going to know I have no idea what I'm doing. Right. And like there's so many times like when we had the gym open, I was just like, I did not want anybody to know what I was doing. Like right. I never told people what I was doing right. or like that I was coaching or that like, you know, we were doing like, you know, I was fine telling people I did a podcast because I know how to talk a lot. <laughs> and so like that is fine for me. Right. But like anything else, like even like on our Patreon page, we have devotionals and I went to school for that. Like I was literally taught how to write good devotionals, Uh write good, like write well thought out like stuff. Uh And even, even like I have my husband proofread and everything. And he's like, Sarah, these are so good. I'm like, "Mm, are you sure? (laughs) Like, it's just like, anyways. So that whole, like starting my own business very much has like imposter syndrome and feeling like a fraud. That's very common for people who start their own business. And I think that'll always be there, but mine definitely resonates with like doing this Ironman and doing things very physical mm-hmm. because I am, it's not like I'm 
getting hired for a job or like having to prove this, it's almost just like, I don't want people to find out I'm bad at it or like that I'm starting it or that like, I'm afraid I'm going to show up at the Ironman and they're all going to be like, is she lost? (laughs) (laughs) She knows this is an Ironman, right? Yeah. Like, are you supposed to be cheering? Like, I don't know. It's just like, that's not going to happen. And if it does, like that person sucks. (laughs) And that says like so much more about them than it ever will about me. Right. I don't know where that comes from. I don't know if it's just like, I'm afraid of being bad at stuff. Yeah. Which like I kind of talked about on our IGTV this a couple weeks ago when this comes out about like having confidence Uh and like how I'm on like a rec volleyball team and I like have zero confidence (laughs) and I cry after every game because I'm so bad. And like, I'm really afraid that people are going to come up to me afterwards and be like, we know you're the bad one. And I'm like, we all know I'm the bad one, man. Right. So it's just like, I don't know where that comes from. I don't know where that started or anything like that. I'll have to call my therapist and like work that out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just kidding, but not really. Yeah, I don't um, I don't know. I mean, I think everybody everybody has such a strong desire of being successful or being good and like especially in groups of your friends that are better at better at things. They're all good at the same thing, but it's nothing yes. that you're good at. Right. Like I I am in groups of friends like that. Like I'm good at a lot of things and I'm like without, (laughs) this is really uncomfortable. Cannot relate. This is uncomfortable (laughs) for me to say, but like I'm better than some people at some things, but I have this group of friends that are all really good at like rec sports and it's like the same thing where like I played sand volleyball with them once and they never invited me back and I'm an, I'm an athletic guy. You know, like I played sports growing up, but like I never grew up playing sand volleyball, but that's all they do. So like I was very, I was very much like the bad one. They didn't want to pass to me. They like didn't invite me back. Every time they said they needed a sub, I was like, I'll play. They're like, "Mm, like, we'll just play down one. (laughs) It's like, dude, what the heck? But I mean, everybody wants to, wants to be good at things and they want to want their friends to recognize that they're good at things. But um, you know, you're good at things that they're maybe not, you know. Ugh, you sound like Stefan, and it's just like, man, just admit it. <laughs> I'm not good at anything. I don't believe that, but I mean, uh, you you have to come to terms with that yourself. I wouldn't believe I you guess. if you told me I was good at anything. So that's true. I'm I'm getting to a point in my life where I'm trying to convince myself that I am because I don't think it's like okay. That's another thing, like. Okay, I'm going to kind of like, this is going to shift a little bit. And maybe this like feeds into imposter syndrome a little. Like I I am not a psychologist by any means. Yeah, we should have prefaced earlier. We don't know anything. <laughs> we don't know anything. This is just a discussion this, yeah. between two people that need to work through right. it. And this is cheap. Right. So like personally, like I am a Christian. I think it's often really hard battle because like in my Christian brain, it's like, I know that like, if I'm bad at rec volleyball, that's okay. Like God loves me or like people should love me. Like my, I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. Like it's not like dictated or defined by any of that, but like my stupid human brain like contrasts all of that. And it's important in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. And, and then there's also the other side that like, you're supposed to like put like, you're not supposed to put yourself above others or you're not supposed, you're supposed to be like humble. You're not supposed to like blah, 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 blah. So to like say I am good at this or like I am talented or I am gifted or I am, 
I am better or I'm like top of my field or things like that is like almost inherently like wrong, quote unquote wrong. Right. Like it's like, oh, you're literally taught like all the time to like, don't brag about yourself. Don't like put all the emphasis on you. Like, and so you learn to like almost say like, I don't want to say I'm good at things, but like I am good at things. Right. Yeah. But like you are good at that and like you are gifted in that and just acknowledging that is not necessarily a bad thing. Right. It becomes like a bad thing when you're like, I am better than you and you need to leave. Right. Yeah. But I like, think that's a good point. And I think maybe that's where mine came from it originally is like, I so, I remember when I was growing up, like so badly, like it was always in the forefront of my mind to not be cocky. Like don't brag about things, yeah. be humble. And like, I just, I took that apparently way too far and just convinced myself that I'm <laughs> bad at everything that I do. It's like self-deprecating. Right. Because, then. you know, you have enough times where like if you're talking to people casually and you're like, no, yeah, I'm actually really good at this. Like they kind of look at you weird, I think. Yeah. Or, there's this weird like it feels uncomfortable to admit that you're good at things, at least yeah. for me. So, yeah, I think I think that's a good point that um, just like trying so hard to be humble can... Uh, you can take it the the opposite direction and then just be like annoyingly self-deprecating, which is where I am right now. Yeah. <laughs> Same. <laughs> and I'm also bad at things. Yeah. So, <laughs> and like, I mean, back to like rec volleyball. So like I mentioned, I play with my roommate, Ashley, and then um, my friend Jordan, who also played college volleyball. They played on the same team. They, they like exude this confidence because they have like this wealth of, knowledge and like experience that backs that confidence so they're never stepping out onto like our sand volleyball court at 7 (laughs) 30 at rec volleyball i'm just gonna point that out that like they're never stepping out there being like oh my gosh like someone's gonna figure out that i'm not supposed to be here because they have like backed it but when i say you guys are so good they're never like no i'm not because like they know a little bit that they they've worked hard to be able to be that good But that and like so, that like, doesn't come off condescending. Like for no, them to it act never that way. does. Like if they say, "Oh, thank you," like I used to play college volleyball, you're not like, "Yeah, what a jerk." For yeah, I would done never be like in their life, and I didn't. Wow. Okay, yeah. you're so humble. Yeah, I would never feel that way. But it's like, I I don't know if like they just I should ask them. Like I don't know if that's just come from being used to like, I don't know. You know, when you're a college athlete, you're kind of like celebrated and praised a little bit. Right. Well, if you're good. I don't know if you just get used to that. Well, yeah. <laughs> I can't also Maybe can't they wait. had imposter syndrome while they were there. Who knows? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe we, I should ask them and do a follow-up. But anyways, yeah. So that's just kind of like, I wonder if it stems from that. Yeah. I also like, I don't know. I'm getting like very off topic again. I think so. But I feel like when, I don't know if it's the same way in like a secular like my my society and my like community is very much like Christian. I know everybody from my Christian camp. Right. Like I just live a very small like community of like me and Stefan and Ashley, yeah. aka my household. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um, but like it can almost be very isolating if you open up to someone and say like, "Oh, I feel like a fraud," or "I feel like I am an imposter," or like I feel like people are going to figure me out, or feel like you know, like you list all the stuff we just talked yeah. about. And like, if someone can't relate to that and they're just like, well, that's crazy. Or like, oh, well, you know, that's not true. And like, that's it. But it's like, yes, I know like in my brain, that's not true. And I know it sounds crazy, but could you maybe like, just talk this through with me? Like, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like 
that can also be like off-putting and then you like isolate that feeling of being like well i guess i am the only one that feels this way right. like i guess i am also like fooling all these people like everyone thinks i've got it under control <laughs> yeah yeah i uh i feel that way like i one day like built up a ton of courage at work the other day and asked one of my office mates like do you ever just feel like do you ever just have imposter syndrome around here and he's like what like you feel like a fraud it's like yeah and he's like no <laughs> I was like, oh, and you probably were like okay. building it up for an hour. You're like, okay, okay, I'm gonna ask him. Well, now. Yeah, okay, I was I'm like having a now. really bad day, and I was like, man, I just don't know what the heck I'm doing here. And so I was like, dude, do you ever just have days like this? He's like, no, not really. But I, I mean, I have also talked about it with other people at work, and they have felt yeah. the same way because I mean, yeah. everyone there is so freaking smart. Like when you first yeah. start, you feel like such an idiot, but yeah. Um, I don't know. At me all Some day, people are just day. better at recognizing that than others. And that's probably why the other guy didn't admit that he feels that way. Yeah, maybe. But. Well, any final thoughts on this discussion we had? Um, I just, I hope that it was um, enlightening to other people to know that maybe if you're going through it, to know that other people go through it and probably more mm -hmm. people than you realize. And I also hope that it was not just a bunch of incoherent ramblings. Yeah, I hope it made working sense. Through, working through these emotions for ourselves. But um, <laughs> I did, I did want to say that I want to reiterate the point of if, you, if you're a person who, feel, who is in a position and there is obvious points of success in your life, um, but you still feel like a fraud, I want to reiterate that point of like, um, there's no possible way that you've actually tricked or that you've been surrounded by idiots your whole life to like have just streamlined your way to the top or, or yeah. you know, like no one is that lucky. I, and I don't, I, I don't <laughs> believe in luck to begin with really. I just believe in opportunity and being able, being prepared enough to seize an opportunity. So yeah. if you're in a position that you feel fortunate to have and you feel like the learning curve is steep and you don't deserve it, um, you at some point were prepared enough to seize an opportunity to get to a position where you're like forced to grow. And so yeah. that doesn't mean that you're incapable of learning whatever you need to learn. Um, you yeah. just need to get out of your own head, which is easier said than done. Like, I don't want to sound trivializing because I know I come off that way a lot, but just try to get out of your own head and um, open up some bandwidth to be able to like actually do your job because that's what you're, that's yeah. what you're there for. Um, yeah. And maybe I should reiterate too that like, it can be like incredibly crippling too in your life. And it can be almost like overwhelming to feel like there's like all this pressure that you almost have to like prove that you deserve these things. Right. And that can sometimes be really hard to deal with. And that can be hard to work through. And like, if you feel like you can't handle that on your own or you can't process through that, like there's no shame in like getting a counselor or a therapist to just work through those feelings of like why you feel that oh, way yeah, or, anything like that. And so I just want, like we joke about those things and we joke about how like our podcasting is cheaper than therapy, yeah. but like for sure, like you're not given a handbook on how to do life or how to enter in, especially in transition. Like you said, transitioning out of college into the real world can be like super jarring oh, yeah. and super like, Oh yeah. Who gave me this degree and let me do this job <laughs> and like live this life. Like who's letting yeah. me, where's the adult in this like situation? Yeah, I'm so glad that my job does not have anything to do with like life and death decisions because oh same like when i started my job i moved to a new city i didn't really know anyone 
you know, it, that it, that was a perfect example. Like it was just super jarring for me. And if I had to make life and death decisions on top of that, I would have completely fallen apart as a person. Oh, so, for sure. I'm for lucky sure. that I design watches and stuff instead of anything really <laughs> important in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. It's a good thing. But, I just like write an Instagram yeah. all day. Um, I did also um, want to say, like, I don't, this is going to sound super contradictory now. I don't necessarily feel like imposter syndrome is an inherently bad thing. Um, cause I think, like I said, it, it manifests itself or it's a manifestation of humility, mm-hmm. but I just think that you can't like, if, if you're not a psychopath like me and let things go way too far to where it like <laughs> makes it so you can't get out of bed in the morning. Um, I think it can be good because you don't ever want to be in the position where someone says, Hey, you're really good at this. And you're like, yeah, I know. <laughs> like to have a little bit of air of doubt is I think it's okay. It's like a healthy it's a healthy thing, but um, just don't uh, sit in the dark place for too long about it. Cause yeah, uh, you always want to be growing, but you also want to like know your growth and like where you've been. Right. Amen. Yeah. Cool. So on that note, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jake and I every week do a go-to for the week. Um, so Jake, what is your go-to this week? Uh, my go-to this week is RDLs. For those of you who don't know what that means. Um, in my world, it translates to Romanian deadlifts. If you know mm-hmm. a better another abbreviation that is RDL, I'd love to hear it. But um, I'm specifically talking about Romanian deadlifts. Um, I, for the last like year or so, have been obsessed with trying to build a really strong deadlift, and mm-hmm. I've realized in the last few months that one of my weakest points is my um, hamstrings and my posterior chain. Um, so I've been, instead of, you know, doing a lot of weight on deadlifts poorly, I've been doing Romanian deadlifts at pretty lightweight, um, to try to target my hamstrings and my lower back Mm -hmm. a little bit more and build up those areas so that, um, in hopes of being able to build up a stronger conventional deadlift. So, um, and it's also like a, an easy way to kind of sneak in some mobility work when I, cause I hate stretching, but my hamstrings are so tight. So, um, (laughs) movements like that like f- that are really eccentrically focused, um, really kind of stretch out your hamstrings or whatever muscle it is. So, um, yeah, don't snap your hammy though. Oh, I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely kind of felt like it, I was really tight today. So I had to back down, back yeah. up uh, a little bit and ease up my range of motion, but, um, they're pretty easy to auto regulate, which is what I like. Um, you know, if, if you feel like you're really tight, you just don't go down as far and you can do lightweight. So that's my yeah. go-to this week. What about you? Um, I'm going to butcher this name. I just know I am. Wow, you're such an imposter. So don't come for me. I am an <laughs> imposter. Um, so I, backstory, I hate breakfast unless it's like I'm sitting down to smash on some pancakes mm, yep. or something. Yep. Um, because I have to get a lot of protein in and... I hate eggs with everything in my being, but they're so quick to make and they are like packed with protein and fat, but I hate them and I choke them down and I've just like hated breakfast ever since and for like five years (laughs) and I I just like, everyone's always like, well, why do you eat eggs? I'm like, shut up. I have to eat them. Okay. So what's your (laughs) go-to? Yes. I just have to preface because people will be like, who cares? Um, So finally, I was like, I'm not going to live my life like this anymore. I'm going to take control Uh and I'm going to like breakfast again. 
Um, so I found, I had heard about um, Icelandic style yogurt and I can't pronounce the word. Is it Skyr? S-K-Y-R. Yeah, I don't it's, know. It's Icelandic. And the brand is Siggy's, S-I-G-G-I. And I'll like link everything for you guys if you're at all interested about this. <laughs> if you uh, haven't but I, turned the podcast off yet. Off yet, yeah. <laughs> it uh, is packed with protein. It is organically made. It has like no, you know, artificial, artificial sweeteners and all of that in it. It's significantly less sugar than most yogurts have. Mm, if you yeah. ever look at how much sugar yo- yogurt has, it's like insane. Yeah, it's pretty bad. And I used to eat the like triple zero yogurt, but it has that really like artificially sugar taste. Yeah. And I like, yeah. I really don't like yeah. that either. This stuff has like 24 grams of yogurt, <laughs> 24 grams of protein. Oh, yeah. <laughs> And 18, 18, holy crap, Sarah, shut up, eight <laughs> ounces of yogurt, <laughs> which is a lot, uh, yeah. but uh, for someone who needs a lot of protein, it's really good. So I've been making granola and fruit with that in it, and it's like super creamy because I get the full fat, oh, yeah. full there fat you go. yogurt, mm-hmm. whole milk yogurt. Um, yeah, it's so good. And like, I was really hesitant because like I had really stopped liking yogurt for a while. Mm-hmm. But I, t- I told Steph and I was like, do not eat this. This is mine. Yeah. Like you can eat eggs. I can't. Right. So that's my go-to is Siggy's Icelandic style yogurt. It's just, I get it at Hy-Vee so you can get it anywhere. Nice. It's in the yogurt aisle. I have only found the plain version. Yeah. Um, but they have other like brands, but I do know that there's other, there's like more sugar in it because it's flavored. So there you go to each their own yeah. but yeah i highly recommend Icelandic that brand yogurt. all right yeah and if you remember my to go or to go oh, <laughs> oh my gosh go to from last week of brooklyn 99 i feel like terry because he's just always eating yogurt oh, yeah. and i just right. always want to eat this yogurt now so right on wow let's wrap this all up. right let's do it <laughs> So, guys, that is going to do it for this episode of Relatively Relatable. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and write a review of our show if you haven't already. And to stay connected with us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Blank Slate LNK. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you guys next time.